0: hey guys welcome to our podcast today we're talking about the holy huddle and continuing our messages on the maranatha cry we hope you enjoy this message from michael miller we love you and happy new year good morning happy new year i haven't seen y'all since the new year i heard some fire alarms went off last week and peter just preached with no mic and went for it. And I heard it was awesome. So um, we are really, really honored that you're here. And uh, I believe Jesus wants to encounter you if he has not already. Uh, I believe he is um, doing something new in our midst. And uh, we just finished, we're on the, the tail end of our New Year's uh, Eve conference or end of year conference. I don't know if you were able to make it, but we had uh, thousands join us uh, south of town, and uh, we, we just had an epic time in the Lord. It was really special. Uh, tens of hundreds of thousands of people joined us online, and uh, the testimonies are just overwhelming uh, what the Lord did in people's hearts and lives. And uh, I, am, I am really, uh, really excited uh, about this new year and just continuing uh, to tap into God's heart for this season and time. And someone asked me, uh, how I was doing after the conference, and and I, I, I was able to really dial into something going on in my heart, and and I, I realized I was moderately to mildly depressed after the conference. I was heavy, and and I couldn't put my finger on why I was heavy because it was this it was this blowout. Like, Brian Barcelona's over here. Stand up, Brian. Brian preached the gospel. <laughs> Uh, like, I, I don't know how many people gave their lives to the Lord more than texted in. We had about, I think it was 50 to 60 text in, but there were way more than that at the altar. Some of our kids gave their life to Jesus. Um, it was just this epic, epic, epic three days, uh, and, a, just an awesome, awesome end to the year and a beginning of a new one. But I was like, Lord, what's going on inside of me? And I, I realized why I was feeling heavy and, uh, I, I was feeling heavy because I just believe there is so much more work for us to do. And I was leaving that conference feeling like we just scratched the surface in regards to what God is orchestrating um, on the earth and, and, and how he's using Upper Room in a really, really small way. But this mandate to, to really impact, I believe, the next generation uh, with this word that is Maranatha, we've been we've been we've been saying it a lot, Maranatha, Maranatha, Maranatha. And you're like, why are you saying Maranatha all the time? Uh, and and I I believe it's something the Lord is speaking to us. And the depth of this word, uh, the impact of it upon my life personally. And then we go through three days where we're articulating the Maranatha mandate. And I'm realizing, wow, we have so much more to share in regards to the Maranatha theme. And I believe it's, it's unto preparing us for what's ahead. But it is this profound, I think, word that the Lord is giving us to unify around. I love that Aaron shared, he was having a rough day on Friday. I don't know where Aaron went. I was having a rough day on Friday, and uh, if you're not on the Upper Room uh, text thread, uh, we will text you just uh, randomly. I don't know if it's coordinated, but I got three texts last week for the fast texting daily, but it said, are you having a rough day? Um, hang in there, we get it, Maranatha. And he was like, that word Maranatha woken something in my heart as I was going through this trial. and." Um, and I was like, okay, that, it's landing, but I just, again, feel like there's so much more for us uh, in regards to the word Maranatha. So say Maranatha one more time. <laughs> so I'm gonna, I'm gonna commit uh, over the next uh, couple of weeks and months, anytime I'm teaching, which isn't every week, but I'm gonna attempt to continue to articulate the Maranatha vision and Maranatha mandate from the Lord. And this morning, I wanted to take a step back because I don't think um, the Maranatha mandate is uh, about the end time specifically, I believe it encompasses the entire biblical narrative from Genesis to Revelation, that, that if you're born again, you've been grafted into a plan that God has been orchestrating since the foundations of the world. Yeah. And uh, Peter Lewis said something a couple of weeks back, and it messed with me. Uh, he said, the work, uh, the work of the cross is finished, but Jesus is not. And, and, and that, that it just messed with me because we, we hear the finished work, you know, the work is finished, rest in the finished work of the cross. And, but Jesus, uh, Peter said, Jesus is still at work. And I started thinking about, well, well what is Jesus working on today? And, and as I've processed that comment, I've landed here is that the work of salvation is finished. Amen. But the plan of redemption is not. And the work of salvation is unto the plan of redemption. And I wanna talk this morning about the plan of redemption. And I wanna talk like like 30,000 foot view. We'll get granular, we'll get into the specifics. But I wanna talk about, uh, I, I believe what what. What all of this hangs upon, this Maranatha cry, the work of salvation, and the plan of redemption. I, I want to I start at the beginning, and then I want to take us through, over the coming weeks, several covenants <laughs> that we need to look at that, that are so important for us to understand if we're going to understand the Maranatha cry and the Maranatha call. And so covenant is, is a, it's a biblical word. Um, to understand covenant is really to understand the skeleton of scriptures. The skeletons of scriptures rest upon uh, covenants. And so I want to I wanna talk about the most important covenant, which is a covenant of redemption. And it's one that I really didn't tap into until a couple of years ago, but it's given me a framework to view the work of salvation through. So I'll, I'll simplify this as we go, but let me, let me define covenant real fast. Everyone say covenant. A covenant is this. Can we turn the lights on just a little bit? It's like a, one of those cool coffee shops vibes, uh, but I can't read my notes. <laughs> so let me, let, me, uh, let me break down what a covenant is. A covenant is an unchangeable, divinely imposed legal agreement between God and man that stipulates the conditions of their relationship. So a covenant stipulates the conditions of our relationship, God and man. It's an agreement or pact entered into by two parties, more or less on equal footing. And so it's the terms of our relationship. Uh, we, a covenant's a little different than a contract. I think it's it's... Uh, More powerful than a contract, but most of you are in some agreement with a lender, with a bank, with a loan, with maybe a workplace. And they are saying, hey, if, if you do your part, we'll do our part. And in many ways, a covenant is that. It's the stipulations of us being in relationship with God, God being in relationship with us. Now, theologically, there's three covenants, there's three types of covenants theologically. And so I right, get out your phones. I want you to take some notes. We're gonna get uh, ooh, feeling the jacket needs to come off. Ooh, I should throw it. I'll use it later. I'll start hitting people. Uh, like <laughs> we're you're that kind of church. Um, okay, so three three theological covenants. Three types of theological covenants. Um, two of them are God to man, and then we're gonna focus on the third one. So God to man, the first one is a covenant of works. Covenant of works. And the covenant of works is this. Uh, This was originally based upon his command. It's from the beginning, there was a covenant of works. And it was based upon his command to eat freely, except from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Uh, It's a contractual agreement based upon works. If you do your part, I'll do my part. Uh, man's Man's future was dependent upon man's behavior. Uh, Martin Lord jones says after uh, you know, even Adam ate the apple, it was total immobility for them. They, they, could not, they could not operate any longer in this relationship because they broke covenant with God. So uh, Adam, the edemic covenant was a covenant of works. We oftentimes don't think of that because when we think of a covenant of works, we think of the law. But in the beginning, there was one law. There was one you're going to be in relationship with me. Just don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, uh, this was how God originally designed creation. I'm going to be in relationship with you. Here's the stipulations to that relationship. Now, um, we are no longer under that covenant. Amen. We're under a new covenant and it's the second type of covenant and it's a covenant of grace. So this is one that Uh, is the good news of the gospel. The parties to this covenant of grace are God and the people he will redeem. That's you and I, if you're in Christ. But in this case, Christ fulfills the special role as mediator in which he fulfills the conditions of the covenant for us, thereby reconciles us to God. So in the Adamic covenant, uh, it was conditional. It was based on Adam's ability to uphold his end of the bargain, The covenant of grace is unconditional because it's based on Christ's ability to hold up the bargain which he has done, amen? So the covenant of works is you to God. The covenant of grace is God to you. The covenant of works is you work yourself to God. The covenant of grace is you accepting God's work towards you and for you. Does everyone understand this? Very basic. Ways that you can relate to God. These are the only two ways, actually. You can base your relationship with God upon your own works, or you can base it upon his work on your behalf, which is found in the cross of Christ. That's the covenant of grace. But both of these covenants rest in another one, and this is one that I I was aware of these two, and I think I had heard of the third one, but the third one, Uh, is what it all hinges upon. And it's a covenant that was made before creation. It's called the covenant of redemption. Now get this, this is amazing. Before anything was created, God made covenant with God. Let me say that again. Before anything was created, God made covenant with God. Now we know that God is a triune God, yes? So, Ray, will you be the father? It's Papa Ray, God the father. I was trying to figure out who needs to be Jesus and I found him. Rick, come here. Come on, with this beard. We're working something here. So, God the Father, God with God the Son, we need God the Spirit. Ineola. Ineola. Oh, Ineola. Why not? Come on, Ine. What's up? All right. So, so this is the covenant of redemption that was made before anything existed. Have you ever heard scriptures that are like, before the foundation of the world? Like Ephesians 1, 4. He chose you to be holy and blameless before the foundation of the world. Or Revelation 13, it says, the lamb who was slain before the foundation of the world. And it's like, how can the lamb be slain before the foundation of the world? Well, the reason why is because of the covenant of redemption and the agreement that these three had before anything existed. It was initiated by the Father. Everyone say initiated by the Father. Father. It was executed by the Son. And it was applied by the Spirit. So these three were in perfect harmony, perfect unity, perfect agreement. Before anything existed, there was a plan. And it was a contractual agreement that God made with himself. God with God. I, the Father, will send my Son. I, the Father, will prepare a body for my Son. Hebrews 10, 5. I, the Son, will give my life. I will lay my life down. This is John 10, 10. No one will take my life, but I willingly will lay it down. Why? Because I'm on a rescue mission sent by my Father. And then when the son enters into that body and offers the perfect offering on our behalf, the Holy Ghost is committed in the agreement. Oh, I'll raise him from the dead. Oh, I'll raise him from the dead. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Oh, I'll empower him to do the works of the father. Oh, I'll be the bridge between the father and the son when he's on the earth. Oh, I'll fill him. immeasurable, without measure, I'll fill him. However that works, significant. But these three got together and they made an agreement. And I call it, I've called it this in the past. I call it the holy huddle. So, you know, like, you know, like, uh, uh, The the dance the NCAA basketball tournament before they go out into the court on the court here's what they do they you 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 know what I'm doing here's what they do they get in a huddle and they start to just sway like this this is what happened before anything existed. Can you feel the excitement of these three? The unity? And then all of a sudden, in the beginning, God the Father spoke through God the Son and God the Spirit started designing all that exists. But it all all hung upon this union, this connection, this covenant that they made. It was a covenant of redemption because they knew... That if things went wonky, which they would, this covenant could restore all. Yeah. It was from the beginning, from the beginning it was the Father eyeing the Son, the Spirit empowering the Son. like It is, it is all unto us knowing God through God the Son who reveals the Father by the power of the Spirit. You guys make a good Trinity. <laughs> can, can I borrow y'all in just a second? Okay, let me read some more scriptures. Can y'all sit right here and I'm gonna get y'all up here in a second. I didn't even tell y'all I was gonna do this, but... Let me read some scriptures. Maybe you'll if you can see these scriptures in light of what I just... Uh, just discuss Now, Now, redemption is this. Redemption defined as the action of regaining or gaining possession of something in exchange for payment. It's a clearing of debt. It's to liberate or to free. And so uh, look at this. L- look at these, these scriptures. God initiating, Jesus executing, the Holy Spirit applying. Uh, 2 Timothy 1.9. 2 Timothy 1.9. Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus. What's that word? Before time began. Look at Ephesians 1, 4. Just as he chose us in him, who chose you? The Father chose you in Christ before the foundation of the world, that you, we, would be holy and without blame before him in love. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, if you're not convinced yet, let me keep going. First Peter one eighteen, knowing that you were not redeemed, you were not freed, you were not liberated with perishable things like silver, gold, and your futile way of life inherited from your forefathers, but with the precious blood, the precious blood as as a lamb unblemished and spotless the blood of Christ. This is how you were redeemed. You were redeemed by the blood of Christ for he was foreknown before the foundation of the world. Who was foreknown? Christ was foreknown. Why? Because of the covenant of redemption. But he has appeared in these last times for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. 1 Corinthians 2. Six and seven, yet we do not speak wisdom among those who are mature. It's a wisdom, however, not of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are passing, but we speak God's wisdom in a mystery, the hidden wisdom, which God predestined before. Everyone say before. Before the ages to our glory. John 17, 24. Father, I desire that they also whom you've given me be with me where I am so that they may see my glory which you have given me for you loved me before the foundation of the world. Yes, sir. Keep going. Revelation thirteen eight. All inhabitants of the earth will worship the beast, all whose names have not been written in the Lamb's book of life, the Lamb who was slain before the creation of the world. Yeah. I got more. 2 Corinthians 5.9, God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. How was God reconciling the world? He was reconciling the world through his son, Jesus Christ. This holy huddle, the plan, was always centered upon the work of the son. God The Father, God, the Son, God, the Spirit, put in a plan of redemption to reconcile the world to himself in Christ. This is the message of reconciliation. I love Colossians 1, chapter uh, chapter 1, verse 13, in light of the holy huddle. Think of the holy huddle. Think of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit as I read this scripture. It's a long scripture, but I want you to think of the Father, Son, and Spirit in unity that March Madness flow, All right. You gotta see this in the covenant of redemption. Look at this. For he, Jesus, rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have, there's our word, redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, all things were created, both in heaven and on earth, visible, invisible, thrones, dominions, rulers, authorities. All things have been created through him and for him which is the covenant of redemption. He before all things and in him all things hold together. He's also the head of the body, the church. And he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead so that he himself will come to have first place in everything. For it was the father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in Jesus and through Jesus to reconcile all things to the father, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his son on a cross. And although you... Put your name there where previously alienated and hostile in attitude, engaged in evil deeds, yet he, the Father, has reconciled you in Jesus' body, wow. the flesh, through death, in order to present, put your name there before him, holy and blameless and beyond reproach. If indeed you continue in the faith, firmly established and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you have heard, which was proclaimed in all creation under heaven, of I, of which I, Paul, was made a minister. What's my point? My point is this plan has nothing to do with us. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It was all foreordained. It was all pre-planned. Yeah. And when you... When, when the Holy Spirit initiated this redemptive work in your heart by you receiving salvation, by confessing the name of Jesus, you got grafted into this plan, and it's a plan of redemption that's still playing out today. Yes, sir. And so the Maranatha cry, as much as it is about what's to come, it's also understanding what has been. Wow. Because we're, we're stuck in this beautiful tension of the now and not yet. We're stuck in this beautiful tension of what he has provided and what will be provided. We're stuck in this tension of the kingdom is here and the kingdom is coming. We're stuck in this tension that, that we know in part and in that day we'll fully know. As we're known. There's this, this hope of glory that's within us, but this hope of glory that's coming and we need to emphasize both but but one leads to the other and the other leads to one like there's this beautiful tension and dance between these two realities and you have people that are like it's all about the now and i'm like yes it's about the now but it's also about the until it's all about the until. Yes, it is about the until, but it's also about the now. There's this urgency in the here and the now that the Maranatha cry brings. It's not an escapist like, oh God, bail us out. It's there's a coming kingdom that's within me. There's a coming kingdom that's around me. There's a coming kingdom that you're invited into. It's, these, it's what was, what will be, and what is. It's summed up in this word, Maranatha that there's a plan of redemption that's being played out. I talked to someone this morning that lost a a, a loved one, lost lost a parent um, through this pandemic. I'm like, in my heart, I'm like, Maranatha, Lord, Maranatha, God, Maranatha, God. Lord, come. What am I saying? Come to them now, and Lord, come and make things right. What am I what am I saying? I'm saying that that sin sin is sin is destroying lives. Maranatha Jesus. Release salvation. Release the plan of salvation. Release redemption into those that don't know. Maranatha. Something awakens in your heart. Yeah. So the original covenant, this covenant of redemption, God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. And so it's from this covenant, and this is, this is a beautiful revelation that I may not get to fully this morning, but um, you know, from the place of covenant comes creation. And I think covenant and creativity go hand in hand. The more secure you are in covenant, I believe the more f- free you are. Your freedom is connected to your understanding of the agreement that God, like from the foundation of the world, this agreement was made for redemption. And once there was harmony and unity and agreement, God took a deep breath and goes, let there be light from covenant comes creativity. And then you have these, these covenants that are are, are throughout scripture, which we'll get to here in a second. But, but I, love, I love this. Um, the plan of redemption is seen in one verse in the first three chapters of Genesis because things go awry quickly, right? I mean, we, we don't uphold our end of the bargain most of the time. And here's the one rule, don't eat from the tree. Here comes the serpent and God is at war still with the serpent. The serpent comes, slithers, lies about God, lies about what he said, and Eve eats the apple. After they eat the apple, they immediately know they're naked, they cover up, and then they run from the presence of God, and God comes seeking them, plan of redemption. Yeah. God comes seeking them. Yeah. Where are you? Yes. Where are you? We're hiding. Who? Because we're naked. Who told you you're naked? The serpent. And then God, God begins to curse the serpent, curse The woman cursed the man. But in Genesis chapter three, verse 15, I wanna show you something. In Genesis three, verse 15, it says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise you on the head. You shall bruise him on the heel. But this, this is, go back one, buddy. This is the only thread of hope After the fall, it's her seed. That's the plan of redemption. Her seed. It was in seed form in Genesis 3. But the potential of that seed because of the holy huddle... And from there moving forward, and this is what we're gonna look at in the next couple of weeks, is God then begins to orchestrate the plan of redemption through a set of covenants. Uh, The next covenant is found in Genesis uh, six, I believe where uh, God looks at mankind and things have gone awry again, and he's not gonna contend anymore with them. And so he chooses to flood the earth and he makes covenant with who? With Noah. Now the covenant there, it's an unconditional covenant, but his promise is just that he's not gonna destroy the earth. (laughs) Like they don't know about Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Israel. They don't know about the law. They don't know about anything moving forward. All they know is that God's gonna make covenant with Noah. Hey, I'm not gonna destroy the earth. What is that? The plan of redemption. Who's it being played through? Noah's line. And from Noah, we got Abraham. And so can I get my holy huddle again? Can I have a stool right there? Timmy, my girl. This is Eniola's sister. All right. Can we get the holy huddle one time around it? So it's in this plan of redemption. You guys don't have to, you can just kinda, there we go. It's in this plan of redemption that God in the covenant of redemption makes covenant with Noah. So Noah's covenant's connected to the covenant that these three have. Are you with me? So then we go from there and we have the, uh, the covenant that God then moves from not flooding the earth to he is going to pick a line and he picks Abraham. And he says, listen, Abraham, I'm gonna make covenant with you and your descendants. And in him making covenant with Abraham and his descendants, he also makes covenant with a land for those descendants which we're gonna talk about later on. But this all fits into the Maranatha Christ. So Abraham fits on this chair around the plan of redemption. Abraham has a son named Isaac. The seed's being passed on. Isaac has a son named Jacob. Jacob's name would change to Israel. Israel Israel would have 12 sons. Those would be the 12 tribes of Israel. They would end up... In Egypt, because the brothers sold Joseph, Joseph goes there in Egypt over, I think it's like 400 plus years. They grow strong. Pharaoh then begins to oppress them and God raises up a deliverer named Moses. Moses Moses takes the Israelites out of Egypt to a mountain and he betroths, he marries the Israelites. He marries the Hebrew people and he makes covenant with him on a mountain. That covenant is in this framework. It's in the framework of the covenant of redemption. Now, the covenant of Moses, the Mosaic covenant, was to expose the massive problem is that we fall short of God's definition of righteousness. Now, the beautiful thing is that God knew that, and they had a plan in spite of. But all of this fits around this one covenant that God made with God. He is orchestrating his plan of salvation. And then we read the gospels where Jesus enters into a virgin, comes to the earth born as Lord and savior. A king has been born. The plan of redemption. Thank you guys. I won't use y'all again. Y'all are amazing. <clears throat> the Maranatha cry fits into this flow. And, and God, here's what's beautiful about God. God. God is a promise keeper. Psalms 145 verse 13 talks about God being faithful to the promises that he's made and and I believe those promises include us in the new covenant, but he also is still upholding the other covenants that preceded us. And we're gonna talk about that. We're gonna look at the various covenants because in the Maranatha cry, you see the fulfillment of all of these covenants. There is redemption that's gonna come to the Hebrew people. There's redemption that's gonna come to the Gentiles. There's a union where Jew and Gentile will be made one in him. And there's, there's, I think there's like seven or eight untils. The Maranatha cry is unto an until. Like one of the examples is uh, Romans chapter 11. It talks about the, the, until the fullness of times for the Gentiles. It's an until. Uh, Ephesians 4 talks about until we reach the fullness of maturity as the body of Christ. There's an until. Here's a wild until. In Revelation 6, I believe it's verse 11, there's an until the number of martyrs has been complete. That's a wild one. So there's these untils, meaning the plan of redemption is playing out and there are untils that we're looking for. There are untils that we're ushering in. And I think Romans chapter 8, this puts context to it. Look at this, Romans 8, verse 18. Romans 8, 18. For I consider that the suffering of this present time, everyone say present time, are not worthy to be compared with a glory that is to be revealed to us. So there's a coming glory that will be revealed for the anxious longing of the creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope, everyone say in hope, coming day, that the creation itself will be set free from its slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. There's a coming freedom. For creation. For we know that the whole creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth until, there's an until, now. And not only this, but we ourselves having the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves waiting eagerly for our adoption. What is that saying? It's saying that the spirit, remember the holy huddle, the father, the son, and the spirit. So this is the spirit applying salvation, but working out redemption through us, the bride groaning within ourselves, eagerly awaiting something that's to come. And listen, it, it, listen. you're like, well, we are sons. Yes, we are, but part of that is redemption, and it's redemption of what? Our bodies. This is the glorified coming state. Come on. Come on. What is it saying? It's saying that we're longing to be clothed in the imperishable, in the new suits we're gonna get in that day. Yes. What am I saying? There's more than meets the eye this morning. What am I saying? The future, the future is our friend. What's ahead should release hope. And that's where he's going. Look at this. For in hope we have been saved. But hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he already sees? What is that saying? It's saying you have something to look forward to. Does it say that I want to like hit the ripcord and, and escape today? No, it's saying I'm anchored in hope that no matter what life throws at me, the Maranatha Cry connects me to what was in the midst of what is because I know something is coming that's greater than today. It's so crucial that you see the Maranatha Cry connects us to him in the present. Go back to the beginning where our present sufferings, ooh, this is good. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time, these light and momentary afflictions, God is producing something through the trial, through the fire, through the frustration, through the setback. There's something that he's revealing in the midst of the suffering, and it's going to produce a glory. It's a glory. A glory is a knowledge of him. It's going to be revealed to us. For the anxious longing of creation oh, waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. To me, this, this fuels a hope in our hearts. It fuels a hope for what's ahead. And I believe us getting connected to the security of the covenant that God has made with God, the security that we've been grafted into that covenant and the strength of that covenant. Like when I see myself, it says that you've been seated in heavenly places. You're seated in Christ. You can see yourself surrounded by those three in trial with a marriage that's hard. With a business that's going south, you find yourself in this chair and you realize, whoa, this is the God that's for me. And he is a God of redemption. He is a God who purchased me with the blood of his son. I have immense value. I'm seated in heavenly places around this huddle, this holy huddle. And I can sit knowing that I'm holy and blameless, not because of anything that I did, but because of what they have orchestrated for me. And so I can I can cry, Maranatha. Lord, come, come in the midst of the fire, come, come in the midst of the setback, come, come in the midst of a diagnosis, come, Lord Maranatha. Yeah. There's something that sets forth in our heart that, that establishes us above those circumstances. It gives us hope. And it's not just this fleeting hope. It's a hope that it's a hope that that, that won't disappoint. It's a hope that. That that inspires others to go. What's different about that person? Yeah. What are they carrying? What do they know that I don't? Oh, I'm I'm in this huddle. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in this huddle. What, tell me about the huddle. You, did you know that God made a covenant with God? Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? Well, there's three. God the Father, God the Savior made this agreement. And I'm in the middle of it. You're in the middle of it. Yeah, I'm in the middle of it. I can't get out of it. I'm just, I, I can't get out of it. I'm an object of their affections. I've been drafted into this plan. It's so much bigger than me. I'm not living for myself anymore. I'm living for His glory. I'm living for something beyond myself. Like, you just start to tap into something beyond you because it's not about you, but you've been drafted into something that's so much more glorious. And what is our part? I I, I don't know fully, but I know us sitting in this room going, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. (laughs) That there's a people in Dallas that is filled with faith and expectation that he's coming. Because he came. He's gonna come again. So come. Come. Like in a world that's divided, factions and disunity and theological blah. Like let's just hang our hats on this, Maranatha. It's profoundly, profoundly theological. It's profoundly deep and wide. It is a foundation for us as a house. Maranatha, he came, he's coming, so come. Like women in ministry, Communion every week. All these weird theological things. No, 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 no. This is Sir Maranatha. Yeah. Yes, sir. Now, yes, sir. that's to say, women in ministry is really, really important. I ain't, I, ain't, I ain't downplaying that. But what I'm saying is, is that, man, there's so much that's attempting to divide and conquer. But what if this one word became like so potent, so alive, so like, oh, I believe it's what fueled the early church. They would see each other and go, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. And I just see that it is, it is a thread throughout the entire biblical narrative. It's found in each one of the covenants. And the Maranatha cry is a fulfillment of those covenants. The Abrahamic covenant, the covenant that God made with Abraham and Abraham's descendants, including the Hebrew people. And there's a specific lot of land that we're gonna talk about that is a promised land that that covenant of redemption includes. That's why we stand with Israel. That's why we pray for Israel. That's where we think Jesus is returning. And we're gonna talk about all that. I'm not just gonna give you one-liners. We're gonna look deep into those covenants in the coming days. But my hope is that something comes alive inside of you that's just maranatha, man. If your marriage is hard, Like you can find life by placing your marriage in the holy huddle. I've done a lot of weddings, a lot. Like so many weddings, I don't do weddings anymore, all right? I've retired as a wedding guy. But in every wedding I've done, I say this, my confidence isn't in your yes. Your yes is weak, small, and frail, but I'm confident in one that's standing here with you two, I'm confident in his yes. What am I leaning into? I'm leaning into the covenant of redemption. Yeah. I'm leaning into that there's a grace that will fall upon your covenant. And I mentioned earlier, like covenant, covenant covenant, produces freedom. When you get secured in the agreement God made with God and what you've been grafted into, there's a freedom for you to be you. There's a freedom for you to be confident in who you are and who you're not. And I see that throughout, like, I see that throughout covenant creation. When Noah, God made covenant with Noah, what did he create? He made covenant, hey, I'm not gonna flood the earth. And then there's this expression. It's a rainbow. What's a rainbow? It's creative, it's colorful. That's this expression of covenant. God makes covenant with uh, Moses on top of the mountain. Come on in here. Here's the law. I'm gonna relate to you this way. And what does he do? He immediately fills Bezalel. Who's Bezalel? Bezalel's an artesian. He's a craftsman. What does he do? He starts expressing it by designing the temple furnishings. Covenant creativity. You get married. You're in covenant. I do, I do. He says, I do. Then you go and you do something that married couples do. You pro- From covenant comes creation. Me and Larissa have four little creations from our covenant. The new covenant. God makes covenant with you in his son. You get born again. What does he call you? A new creation. But you being a new creation is directly connected to you understanding the covenant that you're established in. Covenant releases creativity. I think this Maranatha cry is going to be unto a whole new like expression of creativity. We've got dancers and painters and poets and songwriters and we've got more creativity than I know what to do with. And I'm like, I'm not even, Lord, I didn't have a heart for creatives. He said, you had a heart for covenant. And because you put people in covenant, here's the expression that comes out. So covenant produces creation. It produces an expression. And it's directly connected to you today, getting rooted and established and grounded in what God has agreed yeah. with God to do for you. <laughs> it's little you. Wow. Your head should be exploding this morning. Yeah. <laughs> so here's what I want to do. If you're, in, uh, if you're in trial, if you're in fire, I really felt life on that, this, this suffering in this present time. If you're in fire this morning, I, I want to pray for you. I want to ask the God of all hope to fill you with the Holy Spirit, the God of all hope may fill you with the Spirit. The Spirit applies that work to our hearts. It is our source to anchor us in what's ahead. So if you're in, a, 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 like you would call it a fiery trial right now, would you stand up and we're going to pray for you. Awesome. Can someone get on the, thank you, buddy. just put your hands out like this, if you would. So Holy Spirit, um, you are the helper. Jesus asked the father to send another and he sent his spirit who is defined as the helper, the comforter, the deliverer. Would you first break yokes Lord, the yokes of these trials, would you break them off in the name of Jesus where they've been heavy, where it's been all-consuming, I pray right now in the name of Jesus. Right now that you break the yoke. Thank you, Father. It's okay, everyone, look up here. Father, send the Spirit into this room. Oh, Come on, come on, come on, come on. Condemnation be gone in the name of Jesus. Condemnation be gone in the name of Jesus. There is now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. There is now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Release the spirit of life, the spirit that frees and liberates Lord right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, give us an eternal perspective, a light and momentary affliction is producing in us a glory, Lord. Lord, this is the anchor of our souls. This is the blessed hope that you're not finished, that you're working something out. You are the author and perfecter of our faith. You, Jesus, are gonna author faith in this season. All we have is the now, all we have is the here. We're not promised anything about tomorrow, but we give you the here and the now. We lean not on our own understanding. We trust in you, Lord Jesus. I just see the Lord entering into the, the rooms of your heart. And I just see him binding Unbelief and binding, fear, binding, guilt. Just see him just cleaning house right now. He's saying, This is my house. This is my house. And I see him facing all that you're facing. I see the face of the son in your heart. And he's facing all that you're facing with zeal and fire in his eyes. And he is fully committed to walking this out with you. He who is in you is greater. He who is in you is greater. I just see strength coming upon your heart. You move from faith to faith, from hope to hope, from glory to glory, Lord we fix our eyes on not what we see, but on the unseen, for what is seen is temporal, but what is unseen is eternal. Lord Jesus, you're working something out. Just those that are standing, if you could just feel the winds of that holy huddle, heaven swooshing around you, saying, I am going to work out my plans and my purposes. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Deliverance today. Deliverance today. If someone's standing up by you, would you just lay your hands on them real quick? Just lay a hand on them. Just say, freedom in the name of Jesus. Just declare the yoke of Jesus, the, the yoke that's easy and the burden that's light. Come, Lord. Maranatha, Lord. Maranatha, Lord. Maranatha Jesus. Thank you, Father. There's a fourth man in the fire. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Fresh faith, fresh hope, life and life and life and life and life, Lord. I just see like a, a, an extension cord from heaven. I just see the Lord plugging your heart in. The power source is here, it's you, Holy Spirit. Come, come and ignite, come and release. You, Jesus. Maranatha, Lord. Maranatha Lord, Maranatha Lord, Maranatha Lord, Maranatha Lord, Maranatha God, come Lord Jesus, come Lord Jesus, come Lord Jesus, come Lord Jesus. Can we just say that? Come Lord Jesus, come Lord Jesus, come Lord Jesus, come, Lord Jesus. come into these lives, come into these circumstances. If the Lord speaks to you about those you're praying for, just give them a word of encouragement. I'm going to invite our prayer team to come down. Maranatha, Jesus. Maranatha, Lord. Come on, the holy huddle, heaven's roar, heaven's resources, the word of God, the spirit of God. Just declare you have everything that you need, everything that you need. You lack nothing this morning. We just declare fresh faith in what has been provided. Lord, your promises are yes and amen. Jesus, you are faithful. He who called you is faithful. He will do it. Come on, fresh faith, Lord. Write it upon hearts for families, Lord. For families, God. For prodigals that are far and gone. We just declare, Lord, they're not out of reach. They're not out of your sight. Ho! In Jesus' name, fresh faith, fresh hope, Lord. Diagnoses, we declare the report of the Lord. We declare the report of the Lord. We declare the report of the Lord that by your stripes we have been made whole, healed in Jesus' name. May this be the year of hope. Maranatha Jesus, Maranatha Jesus, you promise to repay what the enemy has stolen sevenfold in the name of Jesus. It must be by law times seven. We just pronounced that in the heavenly courts this morning. Hope for return. Hope that you're the God who brings justice. Thank you, Jesus. Hey guys, welcome to our podcast. Today we're talking about the holy huddle and continuing our messages on the Maranatha cry. We hope you enjoy this message from Michael Miller. We love you and happy new year.